You're not going to run the race? <laughs> and I, I don't have time for that, man. <laughs> like, shoot. <laughs> like, every day in sales leadership is a Spartan race. So that's, that's, that's the race I'm running. Oh, that is so true. That is so true. <laughs> On this week's episode of The Selling Podcast, we are joined with KD, Kevin Dorsey. He's LinkedIn top sales voice for 2020's inside sales top 10 sales leader. If you want, this is going to be a 30-second introduction. So if you have that skip forward 30 seconds, this might be a good time to use it because KD is amazing and incredible. All right, we're recording. With over 50 years and millions of worldwide traveled miles between the two of us, we have tasted defeat and relished in sweet, sweet victory. Looking for inspirational entertainment, motivation, and practical insights to drive your business? Welcome to The Selling Podcast. You can see him on LinkedIn, Modern Sales Top 100 Global Sales Leader. He's a mentor at 500 Startups, helping mentor early stage founders and how to get sales and sales right away. He's currently the VP of Inside Sales at Patient Pop. Patient Pop is the only all-in-one practice growth solution. If you're in the medical field, please check out Patient Pop. Katie, welcome to the Selling Podcast. Let's go, y'all. Long time coming. I feel like I've actually, I might have made it. Do I get to add this to my LinkedIn title now? Yeah, absolutely. On the Selling Podcast. Let's do this. I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. We're so honored to have you here. It's a pleasure. Hell yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here. We have several questions and our listeners, if you, ha- I mean, you likely know who KD is. You've likely seen him on LinkedIn. You've probably already likely heard him on another podcast. Um, as I have heard him on several other podcasts as well. Many different keys. One thing that I want to start with because it's just nagging at me and it's nagging at me because my wife constantly hits on it. Tone. How do you use tone in selling? Katie, I struggle. I struggle all the time. I struggle at home. I struggle hearing my own tone. I struggle at work, hearing tone with coworkers and with, with, with you know, clients. How does tone play into the sales and how can I help change my tone? So, I mean, tone, tone is everything, especially as we have moved, you know, into a more remote selling, right? Like they, they've, they've studied this before, right? I think in person, what is it like 7% of the meaning of the word is the word. I think it's like 50 some percent is your tone and the rest is body language, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when you can't see body language, that means it all shifts over to tone. Right. Ninety some percent of the meaning of the word comes from the tone that you are using and people aren't intentional about their tone. It's actually not that hard to do. It's just like intention. So like when I hear you say you struggle, maybe, but have you actually tried? There's a difference, right? Where it's like, have you really tried to say, like, hey, here is the tone that I want to convey. And more importantly, the emotion I want to convey to the person I'm talking to. Right. So right now, if I wanted y'all to think what I'm about to say is serious, bring my tone down just a little bit. Okay, so Scott, seriously though, man, we need to talk about this. Right. If I wanted to get you excited, say, yo, okay, seriously though, man, like what I'm about to share with you, I'm telling you, has worked before and again and again. Your tone is what drives the emotion of the person you're talking to. And very often people are so focused on what they're saying and not how they're saying it. Whereas like in my scripts, in the trainings with my team, like literally it's labeled this tone, this section, right? Like this is the tonality we should be using at this point in the call, right? And it, it, I mean, one, it does work because that's how we are as humans. Imagine if you watched a movie and there was the same tone the whole time. Be like watching my life story. Monotone <laughs> okay, well, Mike. Yeah. Monotone Mike, that, that would yeah. be the title. 
And and they're also, by the way, so to this, there are times when you should be monotone. Let's do this real quick. Think about this. When should you be monotone in a sales process? Let's see if y'all can catch this. When should you have a boring tonality? I I unfortunately listened and you shared this in a previous podcast. So Mike, I'll let you go first before I try to give my answer. My guess is when you're addressing controversial issues or price, but I could be way off there. So not on price. Price, you actually want to be confident, right? You don't want right. because price is a sensitive. When you're talking about the competition. Hmm, okay. Because what type of emotion do you want your prospect to have when talking about competition? Oh, yeah. No, I've, I've heard of them. I mean, you know, they've been around for a while. It's nothing like, too special. I got nothing bad to say about them. I think they do this thing over here, right? Like, you just bring down your tone there when you're describing, right? It's like tone is so important. This is why I'm such a believer in scripts, too. It's like every movie you've ever watched, show you've ever watched, any song you've ever heard, scripted. It's the artist that brings it a lot, right? So tone is everything. It's just being intentional. So, Scott, the way that you can improve your tone faster it's not about improving your tone. It's about improving the question you ask. How do I want the person I'm talking to to feel? That will drive your tone, right? A lot of times coaches and managers, when they give feedback on tone, they're saying, you just need to be more energetic. That's not actually generally what you always, it's not more energy. <laughs> That's not the solution to everything, right? Mm -hmm. How do you want to make the other person feel? That's the key and that will help drive your tone. And I love that insight. That takes practice, practice, and practice. That's me in front uh -huh. of a mirror working what I'm doing. And we'll talk more about this, I absolutely know, in the next uh, several yeah. minutes. But when we you take it like when we look at tone and talking about your competitor, you're not suggesting anything. We're not, you know, tearing them down. We're not doing anything other than simply bringing in a neutral tone. And that's it. We'll come back to this as well, but when we're doing the problem solving, some of the problem solving questions, when we're trying to, when people are talking about what they're doing, there's a certain way, and I've been doing it wrong, and I realized that when I was listening to you, that I've been making a crucial fundamental mistake. Katie, do you know what I'm talking about? Haven't I given you enough to, to get I going do. on this? Or I do. Reinforcement tones versus doubt creating tones. So 100%. as salespeople- as salespeople, right? Like we have our natural filler words, which don't matter, by the way. Like, you know, people are like, oh, get rid of filler words. They're fine. That's not what ruins a sales call. But the, the prospect will be telling us what they're doing. And like what people need to remember, in order to sell someone something new, you need to unsell them on what they have. Like everyone listening, like write that down real quick. In order to sell someone something new, you need to unsell them on what they have. But most salespeople only focus on the selling of the new. You need to unsell them on what they have. And you do that through doubt, right? Can you plant seeds of doubt in what they're doing? So now salespeople, when they're in discovery, when they're asking these questions, you know, they'll ask the prospect, so, you know, how are you handling this right now? And the prospect will be like, oh, I handle it like this. What do the salespeople say? Oh, good. Great. I make awesome. that mistake every single time. Okay. Reinforcing. So you're, re you're literally, and this, by the way, this is um, subconscious as well as it is conscious. They told you what you're, they're doing, and you are literally telling them, good job. Like you're, liter you're literally telling them, good job. Because I don't want to feel bad. <laughs> okay. So, but again, that's, not, that, that's where we have to like level up. Because again, if you're trying to help someone, and this is where people get the, you know, twisted between influence and manipulation, right? Manipulation only benefits the seller. Influence 
benefits both parties. I'm trying to influence people right now. I'm trying to influence your listeners. I don't benefit. There's no benefit to that for me. It's only going to benefit them. Manipulation is when you can use things where only you benefit. So if you're actually trying to help them, it is your job to help move them away from what they're doing right now. If what you have is better, that is your job as a salesperson to help move them away from a less less good, wow, really good with language right now, a less good product <laughs> to you know something better. And so it needs to be the opposite, right? And it's so, so powerful, right? The tone that you use when they say, oh, we're doing it like this. And instead of good, great, awesome, you hit them with, oh, really? Interesting. I love interesting. That's a great word. Still? Oh, manual? <laughs> now what because what you're trying to do right that plants a seed of doubt where it's like well wait why wasn't that a good answer right now real quick y'all you're not be like you hey hey jim Jim, you hear hear how this prospect does this over here like no you're not doing that it's just you're planting the seeds of doubt like oh oh Okay. Okay. Um, let's talk about this. I, I had one of my reps, um, Lizette, their name, she named it like the, the sizzle bacon and eggs. She'd hit him with the, <laughs> <laughs> right? and like, she calls it like the sizzle. I'm like, God, that's so good. Right. So <laughs> that again, that's a very powerful use of tone. And y'all know this. And most of what I'm talking about, by the way, all doing real life. We just don't carry it over into sales. And that's where that gap is. If I walked out you know, I have a date night with my wife and I walk out and she goes, oh, you're wearing that? <laughs> Scott's never heard that. Never. Right? Okay. No, now, no, never. Now, hear, hear what I'm saying, though. Did she tell me to change? Yes or no? No. no. Did she tell me what I was wearing was inappropriate? No. no. Did she even say it was bad? All she did was ask a question. Oh, oh you're wearing that? Done. Complete doubt. I, something's broken with whatever it is I'm doing. It. I got to go change. Right? So that's, that's how this can work in sales. Which well. is different, but just as bad as, honey, what's wrong? Nothing. Oh, oh right? nothing. Uh, it's like, I'm fine. Right? Oh, Ooh. dear. Let's <laughs> just, right? just tell me you're and, mad at me and let's move on. Right? Like, just, all right, cool. Like, you win. I don't even know what we're fighting about, but you win. Like, I, don't, I don't care. But again, like this, you know, we're laughing about it, but it's true, y'all. We have to pay attention to how we communicate in real life. Right? If you came home, and you ask your wife how she's doing. And by the way, tone. I'm fine. I'm fine. Fine. I'm fine. Okay, same word. Four different tones. Four completely different meanings. And also, too, we got to be honest. Most of the time, us as men, we're not great at listening for tone, right? We hear fine. Yeah. We go, all right, we're in the clear. Let's go, baby. All right. <laughs> she's fine. It's, you got to listen. You really have to listen to tone. And you mentioned this earlier, Scott, when you're practicing tone, you don't do it in the mirror. Actually, you don't do it in the mirror because you know what you're going to focus on? Body language. You're still mm-hmm. going to see yourself in your face. You actually practice it with your phone. You close your eyes and you listen. That's how you practice your tone. So are you doing so a voice memo to self practicing mm-hmm. the script, eyes closed? Okay. That yep. makes sense. That makes a whole lot more sense than than doing in the mirror when when the body language is still communicated. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Really good. Thank so you. K- so KD, I'm saying two different approaches here. One, recognizing your own tone and how you your inflection, 
your rate, your speed, all those things go into your voice. But that also implies that you're really perceptive in listening to your customer and understanding and hearing their tonality. Mm-hmm. How is it a two prong approach? What are you looking for? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, actually, it's funny. Like, it's not what you're looking for, it's what you're listening for. And it's being curious, right? And this, you know, we talk about this a lot in sales. Like, curious salespeople are better salespeople. A lot of people don't break down why. Mm hmm. Right? Why are curious salespeople better salespeople? Because they'll actually ask the question, right? So classic opener, classic opener, right? Salesperson gets, you know, someone on the phone where it's a cold call, a demo, and they go, hey, KD, how, how's your day going? They go, you know, it's going all right. What does the salesperson say? Most. most yeah, great, great. That's good. Good, great. Awesome. So anyway, <laughs> so the agenda for today, and they take you through like their framework, whatever, whereas a curious salesperson would hear, you know, it's going all right, and say what? What's the problem then? Whoa, whoa, whoa. That doesn't sound normal. Hold on. What's going on over there? Right? What's happening? Just all right? Time out. Like, it's not that hard, right? My my favorite word right now in life, and it's been my word now for about a year and a half, is intention. What's my intention going into this call? What's my intention even in this podcast right Mm -hmm. now? Right? Like, what's my intention? And if you go in with the intention of hearing, really hearing what they're saying, right? Even like, how are you doing this? And guys, salespeople miss on this all the time. Oh, how are you doing this? Well, you know, I kind of do it like this or that. And my own tone doesn't sound happy about it. What do you need to do? Pounce on that, right? Like, dude, Scott, you don't sound exactly enthused talking about that right now. Am I picking up on that right? Well, yeah, it's frustrating. Tell me a little bit more. Why? Like, what's the worst part about it for you? Right? Like, it, it's not, it's really, it's, I, I don't even know how else to put it, right? It's actually not that hard to do. It's just we don't have the intention going into the calls to really listen. And when you do, you pick up on so much more, like so much more when you're actually trying to. I'm, I'm mentally this- beating myself up right now because <laughs> yesterday I was speaking with somebody and literally the conversation went, hey, what are you doing? And they said, oh, I'm doing this and I'm not really super thrilled about you know who I'm currently using. And, and so then I tried to ask more questions. And anyway, mentally, just so you know, I, I'm still I'm still wrestling from that yesterday because I just I couldn't it was the ball was on a tee and I couldn't hit it off the tee. It was. It was really, really bad. It, it works, y'all. If you can, the more, the more you can get them to say, uh, like moving them away from where they are, the close is actually super easy. The way a lot of salespeople sell is because we're trying to force the, the greatness and the product and it's going to make your life better. Whereas if you can create dissatisfaction in the now, selling them something new is really easy, really easy. Right. Like if you have a flat tire, do I need to sell you on a new tire? <laughs> like, like if you rolled up in some hoopty and you've got a tire completely blown out and you show up to Firestone tires, do I need to take you through discovery? <laughs> do I need to take you through? Like, no, it's like you got a busted tire. I can mm-hmm. now sell you on the different types of tires, but I no longer am selling you on the concept of a tire because you've recognized something's wrong with the tire that you have. Right. It's the concept that most people get twisted. Mike, this goes, sorry, Mike, I've cut you off twice and I really apologize. This goes back to what we spoke about many weeks ago, Mike, you and I, when we're talking about it's easier to sell the now than selling the future. 
Mm -hmm. and how do we bring the future back into the current present state? And, uh, you know, what Katie's talking about here is creating that dissatisfaction, the future dissatisfaction, bringing it into the now. The FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So Mm -hmm. one of the questions I have, Katie, is this something that's inherent in a lot of people where you find people that just excel naturally at this, or is this a developed skill? It's definitely both, right? So there, there are very few skills in life that I don't think can be developed, right? There are some people that have tendency. Know, my old football coach would probably disagree with that because he told right. me that I was never going. Right. <laughs> so, uh, like, the, the, the beauty is, you know, like truthfully, and, you know, I, they talk about growth mindset and fixed mindset, whatever else. There, there is not a skill on this planet that with the right amount of time and resources and instruction that I don't think I could learn. And I think that's for for all of us. Time, resources, and instructions. That is very important. But you can learn anything. You can learn how to be curious. You can learn how to be a better listener. You can learn how to be more strategic. You can learn body language. You can learn tonal inflections. You can learn these things with the proper instruction, enough time, and the resources to do so. Now, are there people, right, that wake up and they have, through nature or nurture, a natural inclination to pick up on subtleties in language? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. Right? They, they, they have a bias towards it, but it doesn't mean someone else can't learn it. Right? And so it's through the instruction, right? So even when I work with my reps or my managers, I'll pause them on tone. I'll pause them and say, hold up, what did you hear? Listen to this again real quick. Not what they said. What did you hear? What was my tone in this role play, right? And if you can teach people, you can. You can teach them to pick up on these things, right? And just most, again, like most managers and coaches don't focus on that at all, right? So do, are there people that are more naturally inclined? Yes, I believe one of the reasons why I'm more naturally inclined, I moved around a lot as a child. I was in different schools all the time. I had to make friends very quickly, head on a swivel type environments. You learn to pick up on subtleties. You learn to pick up on nuances. You learn mm-hmm. like, okay, wait a minute. That's different. Why is that different? Something else is different, right? Like that's, I think, how it helped me get here. But then I've been able to teach other people how to do this. And boy, like it's like a light bulb goes off when people really start to be in the moment and hear what's happening. Oh man, sales gets, so it's so much more fun because now now you're playing chess instead of checkers. And I love mm-hmm. that. I love, I love playing chess. In this. Like the close to me is, the least exciting part of the sale for me. Hmm. Interesting. It is like, I, I love the zero to 99. I like to know that I have you four steps before, you know, I have, I like to know <laughs> on three steps ahead. I'm asking this question now to set up a question three days from now that you don't even know is coming. That, that chest. Oh, oh I like that, it. That's, that's what I love. That's what I love. Katie, before we talk about these, the problem solving questions, I've I've heard it and I love it and I I I would imagine most of our listeners have but just in case somebody hasn't could you do your clothes for us if you please <laughs> the 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 might exactly. make sense yeah. yep so yeah so okay so the I, I call it like the Scooby Doo tone right but <laughs> it's you know and I'm realizing unfortunately more and more like no one knows what Scooby Doo is so I got to come up with a new we're so dated I don't, know, I don't know what their shows were right so I was just on a webinar last week and like. I'm like, what's Scooby-Doo? I'm like, all right, you're fired. You don't even work with me. You're fired. So the, the Scooby-Doo tone, it's, it's actually called, um, 
a tonal amplification, right? It's a build up through your tone, right? And so people listening will understand what I mean as they go through. So the close sounds something like this. It's like, well, you know, Mike, I mean, this, this might make sense. I mean, you're, you're struggling with X right now and your team is really struggling with Y and that's causing ABC for your business right now. Like we, we solve that by X, Y, and Z to help you finally get A, B, and C. I mean, I can't be the only one that thinks this is the right thing to do. Like, let's get you started. When do you want to get this going? And it's this S1, you're piecing it together, right? It also builds up. You're like, okay, all right. Because now, by the way, that descriptive language, what is it taking the buyer? When I'm talking about all of that, what was most of the clothes about? It was about you. theirs. Yeah. You're struggling with this. You're dealing with this. Yours are this. This is what it's causing for you. Now, we solve it, but that solving is going to give you your better future, your, your desired outcome, your removal of fear, pain, and everything else. Let's, let's, and it's this buildup. Whereas how do most salespeople sound when they ask for the clothes? Which, by the way, most salespeople don't even ask for the clothes. This is another thing, right? <laughs> they, put, they put the pressure of the decision on the buyer. Okay, if y'all need a real life example of this, go at other where they want to eat tonight. What happens? When you put the pressure of the decision on another person, what do they almost always do? Deflect. Well, I don't know. They freeze. I don't know. They deflect, they freeze, or they need to think about it. That sound familiar, mm-hmm. salespeople? Whereas <laughs> if you piece it together for them and make it very clear, then you ask for the close but it's that escalation because most salespeople actually sound scared when they ask for the clothes so um so yeah scott i mean what what do you think does does this make sense <laughs> which by the way is not a close y'all all right but 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 that's perceived as a close in 99.9 percent of the sales force absolutely right and we say does that make sense and we are waiting for the buyer to say yes or how do i buy whereas you spell that out for them a close should be a close-ended question. Can I get you started today? Period. That simple. And you're you're just building the bridge. You're, mm-hmm. This is where you are. This is how what it's going to look like when we get you there. And the bridge is my product or right. service. Because also by the end, and this happens more and more, the bigger the deal is, the longer the cycle, the less people talk about problems. Hmm. Early on, think about it, like, and we know this is even what's taught in Medic, in Band, in Sandler. Early on is the discovery. Early on is, the, you know, spin, you know, situation, problem. Mm-hmm. Early on, four months later, what are we talking about? Four months later, we're talking about integrations. We're talking about features. We're talking about legalese. We're talking about contract terms, and we get away from the problem. The problem needs to be in every single step of the process, because otherwise people Reinforce. They no longer are dissatisfied with the status quo. And they're like, you know what? We might as well just stick. Yeah. Reinforcing the pain and the uncertainty. I like that idea. That's fascinating. Now I'm just, now I'm personally going through and realizing which one of my, which one of my uh, sales currently that have just kind of stalled out and they were so on fire at the beginning, but they've just kind of sizzled and kind of flatlined. Go and read every I, I think email. That's exactly it. Go read every email you've sent them since. Go listen to mm-hmm. every voicemail you've sent them since. Listen to every call you've talked to them since, and see how often you're actually bringing up the original problem. It would be so minimal. 
at, at, at the end. That's it's, why. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's gone. It's gone. We just, and we, we get away insight. from it. Like the problem, every, every email, every email, every voicemail. Hey, hey, Scott, man, I haven't heard from you in a couple of weeks. I hope you haven't just fallen apart because of, I hope your team hasn't revolted eventually because of what we talked. It's bringing that problem back up each and every single time throughout the process. Same with your proposals. Most proposals are only about the product. They're not about the problem. My proposals are 80% about the problem they're dealing with, 20% about the product. You have to remind people on why they need to change, not why they should want what you have. And that's where most people fail is they're trying to remind people why to want what they have versus reminding them why they needed to change in the first place. Now, Katie, we've given the end right here. And we're, we're talking now about making sure that that, that problem, that the difficulty is brought up continually. Let's now jump to the beginning of the sales process and that discovery portion, that, that questioning. I've, again, after hearing you and other places, realized that I'm doing this part also wrong. Nick, Katie, you might realize that this podcast is mainly about solving my problems, and that's exactly what this podcast is about. So, public, with, <laughs> public therapy session for Scott. Exactly. Um, with that, when you, you have highlighted a certain way to ask these questions that I've been doing wrong, can you run us through that? Unfortunately, this is where we'll have to end this week's podcast due to time. But don't worry, Katie's greatness is again next week as we continue to talk about these problem questions, how we can do them better. Until next week where we pick up again with KD, thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode of The Selling Podcast. In other words, we want to sum up your entire life in 30 minutes. Let's let's go. I don't even know if it's worth the 30 minutes. I could probably do it in 10 to 15 and we can get some time back. So let's, let's rock, y'all. We can do this.